0: Hello everybody. Welcome uh, once again to Vineyard Community Church. As we continue on in a series we're doing called From Nothing to Something. The idea for this series came from a verse in 1 Peter 2.10 where Peter says once we were not a people and now we are the people of God. And in this first couple of chapters of 1 Peter he, he, he like sets the table if you would with the amazing thing that it is to be a believer in Christ, the amazing journey that we're on from nothing to something, how amazing God is. And He really just rolls out these ideas one after another. And, and that as we, you know, my hope is that as we look at them and think on them, you'll, you'll just be in awe at what God is doing in us. We'll never take it for granted. And and it will, um, it builds up into this thing in First Peter 2 where he, he, you know, he talks about us being a, a, a chosen people and a, and a royal priesthood and a holy nation and how we're to impact the world around us as we live this life. But it's all based on what he's been doing in us all along. And so we, we started this series, we talked about living hope and how amazing that is that, that uh, the hope that we have in him because he's so faithful is alive and it's powerful and it changes things. And we talked about greatly rejoicing. That even though we live in a fallen world on a broken planet and we have to deal with stuff, sometimes it's difficult. Yet deep within our souls it is well because He's alive and He's with us and He's for us and He's got us forever. And last week we talked about salvation for a little bit and, uh, you know, just how amazing that is. The, the salvation that we have and that it's, you know, there's sort of three ideas behind it. Justification, just as if I had not sinned, which happened when we came to Christ. And, God sees us in the perfection of His Son, sanctification, the, the work of the Holy Spirit, God coming and dwelling in us and, and changing us over the course of our lives here on earth, glorification when that process is done, when we're with Jesus or He's come to get us, brand new bodies and how amazing that is. And, and we talked about you know loving Jesus and what that means, that, that He's to be our highest love and that, that as we have Him as the highest love in our lives, everything else really changes and we're able to love people well and experience life. The way he called us to. Today he adds another great topic. And, and so today we're going to talk about grace. And God's amazing grace and what that means. So that's the intro. Transition, there's always a bad joke. This Christmas somebody gave me one of those echo dot things. And you can talk to Alexa. And you can ask Alexa to tell you a joke. Here's two that she gave me this week. Yes. Just right there. What do you call a muddy chicken that crosses the road twice? A dirty double-crosser. <laughs> My computer's telling me these things now. I don't know where we're going to go with this, guys, but I'm excited. My first time on an elevator was, was quite uplifting. The second time was a letdown. Oh, come on, comedy gold. <laughs> Scripture reading. You're on purpose. First Peter chapter 1. Verses 10 through 12, concerning this salvation, we talked about that last week, the prophets who spoke of the grace that was to come to you, searched intently and with the greatest care, trying to find out the time and circumstances to which the Spirit of Christ in them was pointing when he predicted the sufferings of Christ and the glories that would follow. It was revealed to them that they were not serving themselves but you when they spoke of the things that have now been told to you by those who have preached the gospel to you by the Holy Spirit sent from heaven. Even angels long to look into these things. And blessed be the word of the Lord. Let's hop right in today into your notes. Point number one. Let's start by talking about amazing grace. Amazing grace. Now, our salvation, which I touched on and how awesome that is, justified, sanctified, glorified, and the grace that makes it possible. They're so amazing. It's so amazing that Peter writes that the prophets of God and the angels of heaven long to look into it. It was such an amazing concept and idea that, uh, think about it, the prophets and the angels wanted to, to see what was going on with that. This whole grace thing was like, we can't. We can't wait to see that and what that looks like and what you're going to do in the process. And and so this grace is so amazing that that Paul tries to define it for us. In Ephesians chapter 2, verses 5 through 9, he's he's talking about grace. and, And he said it's that we've been made alive with Christ even when we were dead in transgressions. It is by grace you've been saved. that Paul begins to talk about in in terms of our salvation and he actually sort of is going through the the sentence here in verse 5 and he stops what he's saying. He says, by grace you've been saved. He's going to say that again in verse 8. But but just at that point, he, he, he goes, you know, even when we were dead in our trespasses, God made us alive together with Christ and then he inserts, by grace you've been saved. So even when we were dead in our trespasses, God made us alive together with Christ. Then he stops and he says, because of this grace, by grace, you've been saved. And grace is the idea of of dead people coming to life, spiritually dead people coming into a spiritual life in Him. This is the grace that he's talking about and how amazing it is that people who who were once not a people, that people who were separated from God because of their sin because of this amazing grace of God can now be reconciled to God and have life with Him now and forever. This is the grace that's so amazing and he says it's not because of anything that you do, it's because of what He's done for us. That's what makes it so amazing and it's because of His grace that we can experience the kind of life that He created us for. John chapter 1, verse 14 through 17. The Word became flesh and made His dwelling among us. We have seen His glory, the glory of the one and only who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. John testifies concerning Him. He cries out, saying, This was He of whom I said, He who comes after me has surpassed me because He was before me. From the fullness of His grace, we have all received one blessing after another for the law was given through Moses grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. The law was given through Moses grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. See we, what we have now is, is grace. We live under grace. We've been set free from the bondage of the law. Uh, under the law you couldn't, you couldn't come to life. And, 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 and so people we're we're trying in their own way, but it just led into this horrible performance oriented, hard hearted, judgmental, critical way of life. And, and Jesus came to change all of that. Paul, he's getting this. He says in Galatians 2.21, he says, listen, I will not set aside the grace of God for if righteousness could be gained through the law, Christ died for nothing. Paul says, look, if if the, if the law had worked, we, Jesus wouldn't have needed to come. If you, could, if you could work your way into relationship with God, Jesus wouldn't have had to die on the cross. He wouldn't have had to, you know, enter the scene the way he did and live the life the, the way he did and die. If that would have worked, the old, if the old way would have worked, you wouldn't have needed a, a different way, a new way. But the old way didn't work. In fact, all of the old stuff was just to let us know how desperately we needed a Savior. So when he entered the scene, we would get that we, we, we needed something because we, we can't make it. And when we're honest, we know we can't, we can't follow the Big Ten, let alone all the others that they piled onto it. Because we all we all mess up. We all fall short. And, and yet, because of this gift of grace to us, we're able to be changed. That's what makes it so amazing. So that we can become a people of grace too. Not a, not a critical, hypocritical people, but a grace-filled people who, who can carry out this mission that God has given us to help others come to know him see it's, it's because of his grace if, if we think we have to earn it or work for it we will keep people away from the kingdom because we get, you can't help but get critical about other people if you think this is all based on you following a set of rules then, then when other people aren't following them all you do is judge them really bad and they don't feel the love of God in the process see we're all, we're all broken, we're all a mess, we've all fallen short but grace has come now, and, and because of His grace, we can be saved and experience salvation, as I talked about. You know, justification, sanctification, glorification. We're a work in progress. It's not that we think, oh, because of grace, I can go and do whatever I want. You're not getting it if that's how you feel. Because of His grace, what happens is, ultimately, you go, God, I want to live for you. And, and when, we're, when we move in the directions that we shouldn't, you know, we get it, and, and we ask God to forgive us, and He does, and we start over the brand new, new walk in Him and so this is the concept and this is what impacts not only us but the world around us for Him see the, the second point that I want to make is this grace changes everything and that's what was happening when Christ came the, 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 the system that was in place it, it didn't get people to God you know it was an ideal of how how God's people should operate but but because all of us fall short it had gone in such a bad direction That the very people, the established religious community of the day who were supposed to represent God had made it impossible for anyone to get in. And and this is what Jesus, when He enters the scene, this is what's going on. And so I want to look at a story today uh, to try and illustrate this point about how amazing grace is and how this this new thing that has come that the the prophets spoke of and the angels wanted to see happened in Christ and what it means to us. And so there's a story in Luke chapter 5 that I want to going to talk with you about. And uh, we'll look at it together. So it begins in verse 27. After this, Jesus went out and saw a tax collector by the name of Levi sitting at his tax booth. Follow me, Jesus said to him. Now let me just give you a little backstory in case you didn't know. Tax collectors back then were the worst of the worst. The the people of, of Israel hated tax collectors because what was going on is they were already being oppressed by the Romans, and what the Romans did was whenever they took over and occupied a territory, they would install sort of a puppet government consisting of the people that they'd overtaken to kind of run things, but they were just sort of a front, and, and Rome uh, would keep an army in place and then tax them to pieces, and, but they would use people from there as tax collectors. So so what happens is these tax collectors would be, would be Jewish people who were imposing these tax on other Jewish people, collecting them and giving them to the Romans. Now, um, they were hated because they were perceived as working for the enemy. And they, they weren't very honorable. They would overtax their countrymen. They would give some to the Romans and they'd keep some. So these were very wealthy people, um, but they were hated by their, their countrymen. They weren't allowed in the synagogues. They were um, you, you, you would much, you'd be, it would make more social sense for you to invite a murderer to your house than a tax collector because uh, it just wasn't done and it wouldn't be had. So the established religious community wouldn't have anything to do with these folks. But Jesus was different. This was a new thing. This was the grace of God. This was, this was something different happening. And so, so Jesus walks up to Levi while he's tax collecting and says, hey, follow me. And he does. You know, and I'm sure that throughout Levi's life as a tax collector, people had walked up and said a few things to him. <laughs> and probably never was it, follow me. And so he follows. And, and he leaves everything and follows Jesus. There's just something about Jesus that makes Levi realize that life with Jesus is going to be better than any other life he could have. No matter how well he was doing, no matter what was going on, this life with Jesus was going to surpass all of that. So he leaves. Verse 28, and Levi got up left everything and followed him now he does an amazing thing next verse 29 then Levi held a great banquet for Jesus at his house and a large crowd of tax collectors and others were eating with them so I love this so so has just had this whole life-changing encounter experience with Jesus and, and the very first thing that he does is he's like, I got to tell all my friends about this. Well, guess who's guess who his friends are? All the other tax collectors. Nobody else would hang out with them, so they hung out together. I'm going to have all my friends over, and so all the tax collectors come over. So it's a, think about this gathering, right? Here's this big gathering of hated people, and and uh, and, and yet. In Levi, it's this huge change. See, he's, he's already, because of his encounter with Jesus, he's no longer a go-between between the Jewish people and the hated Roman government. Now he's a go-between between the Jewish folks and Jesus. So he's had this massive change already. This life-changing thing has happened. And, and because of it, he wants his friends to know. So, so all because Jesus had seen the beauty of Levi's potential and said, Epp, come and follow me, this amazing grace now is going to start impacting other people. I, I try to imagine, you know, Levi's thing. He wants me? And and so it changes him forever. But but here's this big group of tax collectors. And just uh, uh, on the outside of that, all these things have been open, is a group of Pharisees, the established religious communities there looking on in disgust. Because they already know Jesus has claimed who he is and what he's doing. And they've seen him do some pretty incredible things. And, and now they've got to deal with this. And, and their big complaint is that he eats with tax collectors. He's like, what? What in the world are you doing? We hate these people. These people, that you, say you, you, know, you're, you say who you are, what are you hanging out with these folks for? And, and, and yet that's what Jesus did, see, because this was a whole new thing. And so the response to that is, is written in verses 34 and following. Because so, they ask Him, what are you doing? And Jesus says, you know, can you make the guests of the bridegroom fast while he was with them, while he's with them? But the time will come, when the bridegroom will be taken from them in those days they will fast he told them this parable no one tears a patch from a new garment and sews it on an old one if he does he will have torn the new garment and the patch from the new will not match the old and no one pours new wine into old wineskins skins if he does the new wine will burst the skins and the wine will run out and the wine skins will be ruined no new wine must be poured in the new wineskins skins and no one after drinking old wine wants the new for he says the old is better it's a great parable and sometimes misunderstood. So I want to try and explain it to you if I can and what's going on. The one thing I want you to see in that short period of time, in those few verses, the word new appears eight times. This is a new this is a new thing. With Jesus, this is a new thing. Grace, this is a new thing. This thing that the prophets, you know, and the angels all wanted to see, this was a new thing that came with Jesus. And and there's three little things inside that parable I want to talk about. So little letter A is first he talks about the bridegroom. And, and, and so the illustration there of the bridegroom shows uh, is that the arrival of Jesus on the scene is a time for joyful relationships where we receive grace and we freely give it to others. It's a picture of Jesus as our bridegroom and that when He comes, that what's going to happen now is that this grace is available to us and this grace is to touch us, impact us, change us and flow out of us to begin to impact the world for him, as well, and so it's a picture of that. That this is a this is a joyful thing. Re- remember, we we talked about joy already. That that and it it doesn't matter that circumstances can be difficult. I get that. I, I but this joy is this, this settledness and this peace in our souls. It's well in our souls because of what He's done. He's our living hope and salvation. You know, we justified, and we're sanctified, and we're going to be glorified and, and all these things are happening and, and, you know, we're in love with Jesus and and things are changing and now this grace comes and is available to us and so it's a, it's a joyful thing. We're, we're to receive grace. We're no longer under the bondage of that old stuff and, and it causes us to live differently to impact the world around us. And then he talks about the garment. Little letter B in your notes, the garment. So the garment, it's, a, it's an illustration, it's a picture of the forgiveness that we now receive in this new covenant. In Christ, we can be truly forgiven and truly free. We're no longer under the bondage of sin or the bondage of the law. And, and we can experience the now and forever life that Jesus came to bring. See, this is amazing. Remember, they were under an old system that didn't work and there was a lot of sacrifice for sin, you know, and there was a a lot of things happening that that, that never truly set them free. It sort of covered them for a season, whether it be a day or a week or a month or a year, But, but there was always something going on. But when Jesus comes, when Jesus pays that final sacrifice on the cross, when He pays it once and for all, we're forgiven. And it's not a, it's we're forgiven for everything, now and forever. We're forgiven. That whole justified thing that I talk about, He sees us. God chooses to see us in the perfection of His Son. He doesn't see the mess any longer. And so there's a freedom in that. There's a freedom in that 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 then allows us to cooperate with the sanctification process the Holy Spirit is doing because we want Him to continue to work in us so that we live and and we're becoming more and more like Him, created, you know, and and being recreated in the image of God. And so all of this is at work. And forgiveness is so amazing. When we get a hold of forgiveness, because so many people hear it, oh yeah, I'm forgiven, but they, they don't let it sink in. What it means to be truly forgiven Truly free from, from your mess From all those things in your life That, that you did That you, you, know, you wish you hadn't done And for all those things that have been done to you to All that mess it just He takes it from us and he, and he allows us to live in a new way And, and we experience that life now It's just it's an amazing, amazing deal The wineskin Let's let her see so the, the wineskin it's a it's a picture of the overflowing grace of God. See this new wine of God's grace can't be contained in the old wineskins of human effort of trying to earn God's favor, it won't fit. And so that's what everybody was up to. And it's still kinda of people think that's what it's all about now. We're gonna work really hard so we can gain his approval, and you can't get it that way. And and so they, you you end up hardened and, and not very nice and, and it's just a big mess. You Trying to earn God's favor. There's no life in it. But this new life is found. This real life is found in following Jesus. Now there's a thing at the end there. It says, well, well anyone that's, it's, that's had the old, you know, they're not going to like the new. It's not talking about people that experience the new. What he's talking about there is the Pharisees are so stuck in the old way of doing things that they think that's the only way and that's the better way and they're missing out on the absolute best way, which is Christ. That old way that we get stuck in so easy of rule following everything, no life there. All this life is to be had in Christ, being led by the Spirit. And so this, this amazing, life-changing grace that the prophet spoke about and the angels longed to see is ours now in Christ. And it changes everything. And, and in case you hadn't picked it up, that story, I like that story because in Luke he's called Ma- uh, Levi, but uh, we know from the other Gospels that Levi is actually Matthew and Matthew wrote the first gospel and his life has impacted people for thousands of years and his, his writing and his book has changed many many people's lives talk about a life changing experience he went from tax collector hated to friend of Jesus to a- apostle writing Matthew amazing change and transformation impacting the world forever that's what grace does It changes us and, and it, it changes us in a way that the law never could. And so it, it, it's another part of this journey of, of from nothing to something that I, that I want you to kind of think about how amazing His grace is. This, this living hope we have, this great joy that we have, salvation, this love for Christ, and now this amazing grace. So Next week, He starts talking about holiness. And if you don't understand grace, you won't understand holiness. And so, so they're building on each other. But it's a great story, and it's a great process. And so I just want you to think about how amazing God's grace is this week and what that means and how that impacts not only us, but the world around us. And we'll stop it right there. If you're watching my video, thanks for watching. We'd love for you to come and visit and uh, be a part, but uh, we're so glad that you're, you're watching with us now. If you need prayer, go to the website, and uh, there's a prayer page, and put in your prayer request, and we will pray for you, and we hope to see you soon.